Okay, uh, so if you have your Bible, be turning to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Um, as you know, we are walking through Samuel. That's what we'll be doing for my time slot. Just to clarify for you, we have some kind of calendar uh, housekeeping things that we need to make sure that we are putting in front of you just so that you're aware of what we're doing. So on the, on the preaching side of things, the first and third Sunday, uh, yes, first and third Sunday are my Sundays for Samuel. And then on the second, we'll have Psalm Sunday still. And then on the fourth, that's when Pastor James will be going through Jonah. And then on the fifth, we'll have a combination of either missions and uh, maybe in the future, we'll even have some uh, testimonies. Okay, so just so that way, not that you would miss, you know, we don't want you to start picking when it is that you're coming to church. But just so you know, if you're trying to set your notes up in a particular way, okay, does that make sense? And so then now, let me also say, on the Bible study side of things, we have a similar situation of change. Okay, so the men will meet on the first and third week of the month, okay, and then we're going to go over our chapters once a month. So essentially, you'll, the two times that you meet, you will cover that one chapter, okay, in a month's time. The ladies will meet on the second and fourth. The fifth is fellowship time, okay? So whether sometimes that we have combined fellowship with each other, uh, if you're just your Bible study, whatever, whatever you want to do, the Bible study leaders, um, you know, we'll discuss those things just in terms of how we want to do that. But if you're just meeting on your own and you want to have fellowship time with your group, that is a good time to do that. So fifth fifth week Bible study is when that happens, okay? So second and fourth for the ladies, first and third for the fellas. There will be a quiz later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should. That's how we do syllabuses, to make sure that our students actually pay attention to them, right? So, okay. So does that make sense? We'll say it again. I'll, the next time that, you know, somebody comes up here, we'll try to make sure that we just say it again so that you know this is what, what's going on, okay? And that way you can figure out we're a good place for you to fit in and also just to structure your notes um, as you're going through. So for my portion of the preaching, it's going to be 1 Samuel. And the angle that we're looking at is a leadership perspective, but we're not going to twist the word to make it fit into something that it's not saying. We're going to say what it says, and we're going to learn truth from that. But we're going to focus on what these individuals are doing and their choices and how that impacts our leadership. So I, you may not hear me say the word leadership often, but understand as you're looking at these individuals' lives, the Lord has placed them in his book on purpose so that we can examine what it is they're doing. Okay? So remember the thing that we talked about last time is that you have these interconnected stories in Samuel. And the first one that you kind of run up against is Hannah and, and Peninnah's conflict. Okay, so we talked about her conflict. We talked about what it was the conflict was over, the fact that Hannah was barren and Peninnah was full of children and, and basically bragged about it, browbeat uh, poor Hannah over it, and it, it led her to a place of desperation for the Lord to be at work. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, how that happened on Peninnah's side and being called an adversary, and we understand that she's a picture of the devil himself and how he does to us. He's not inviting. He's not welcoming. I don't know why we have in modern society this idea like if I go to hell, it's going to be a party. 
It's not. Hell is not designed for any human flesh to be in. And the devil doesn't love you. He doesn't even like you. Right? So the thing is, is you get a kind of a, just a glimpse into the wickedness behind Peninnah's uh, uh, persecution of Hannah. But now we've moved on from that. And we've seen that the Lord has granted Hannah with a child, Samuel. And Samuel, Hannah doesn't even have a clue of how the impact of what her son is going to, to be in terms of helping kingdoms and, and, and monarchies start in Israel. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So we got to look at this perspective now. Something of note from, from an LFBI perspective, Hannah is a picture of the faithful believer. This is not in, on, on any slides, and so you guys just hang out here for a moment. And so listen, this is a simple question as we relate to Hannah and we look at how her character and the type of person she is, what, what is it that we can learn? And she's a picture of a faithful believer. Okay, well, what does a faithful believer do? They give God praise. That's what faithful believers do. They give God praise. And, that, and why do I say that? And you say, well, of course, Dale. Well, listen, because we can end up in situations that become very difficult for us to give God praise. But now you, start, you have to start asking yourself, okay, from a leadership standpoint, if we can look at Hannah's heart, the difficulty of her situation, we knew that this is more than just this one occurrence. Any time that her husband was going up, up to uh, Shiloh, it was going to be, this is an opportunity. Penny and I was like, oh, yeah, remember, you don't have kids. I do. Difficult. Season. Long. Unresolved. Right? Until she gets on her knees before the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Difficult to give the Lord praise when it's challenging. It's super easy when things are going well. But what do we do when it's not? Okay? The faithful believers, they give God praise. Psalm 33, 1, write it down. It's not in, your, it's not in the slides, so just write it down. Psalm 33, 1 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Man, I love that verse. For praise is comely for the upright. Psalm 106, 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy is does what? Endureth forever. Forever. If I'm finding it difficult for me to give the Lord praise now, just on those two things alone, my heart should start twisting. Psalm 107, 8, 15, 21, I'm going to say them again, and 31. Psalm 107, 8, 15, 21, and 31 all say the exact same thing word for word. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You can see that this is a, a big deal for the Lord. And so what you're going to kind of see in this portion of, of Hannah's conflict 
And obviously, this is still under the blanket of a failed um, spiritual state. The priesthood is, is in trouble. So the, this, here's the incredible thing, if you think about it. There's this thing that's happening between Hannah and Peninnah and, and, and the grief that of over not being barren. And, and culturally, what that would have meant, right, is tremendous to not be able to have children. It's like almost, I'm not even a woman. If, that, if I can't show that I can bear children, right? And so you understanding that, but on the flip side, the Lord on a larger scale is not happy with Israel's state and means to do something by his daughter's heart to have a son and to give that son back to him and that, oh, I'm going to put that son also to help make the decision of who's king. That's the kind of God you serve is when your stuff gets resolved, it has sometimes larger implications you have no idea about. This is another reason why the Lord must be praised. Man, oftentimes, the, your blessing is not about you. And when we make it that, we make it sour. See, Hannah overcomes the wicked one that's something of note you want to make sure that you understand when you're looking at this. And Hannah is thankful. Okay? So just from a, those, those boundaries, we always want to kind of mention those boundaries as it relates to the LFBI portion, you know, of how you want to look at this. Now, I just want to real quickly for you guys, let's flip back just so we can get some context for those that may not have been with us and just kind of understand where we are, what's happening. So at this point, it is the presentation of Samuel to Eli the priest. Okay, and so at um, chapter 1, 26 through 28, we'll just read that real quick here. And it says, And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. Amen. I, I love that. And he worshiped the Lord there. Okay, now let's flip where we're going to be. The first 11 verses. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart Rejoiceth in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly, let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. That verse, boy, it was like a punch in the face. You just think about your actions in a day. Woo. <laughs> Lord, help us. Be with us. Verse 4, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that are stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread. Mm. The twist on that is incredible. And they that were hungry ceased. So they, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she hath many children, is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. 
to set them among princes, to make them inherit the throne of glory. Man, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall just, you see what's happening here? <laughs> the Lord ain't playing games. And right now, Hannah is uh, preaching, <laughs> you know, wow. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king. Well, that, that should make your, your spider sense tingle right there. And exalt the horn of his anointed. Man, thank you. You included us. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. And so that's what we're going to look at for today. And, uh, and just, you know, as a perspective, it potentially, you know, Eli could be an earshot. It doesn't say whether he is or not, but he could have just maybe hung out. And listen, when you're hearing something like that, I mean, wouldn't that make you pause? I wouldn't be so quick to get out of a room if I heard somebody going on like that and just proclaiming this great truth. I might just kind of hang out and listen. And, you know, it's interesting a little bit if you think about the things, those of you that have read further on of just where Eli is, we'll see that we're going to dive into that and talk about his sons and just God's confrontation with Eli and just, you know, hey, call him to the carpet as a father and as, a, as the priest and so this, this would be an interesting lead-in to the coming events of this chapter. Okay, I'll just say that. We're not going to dance on that nail too much, though. Okay, so now, so what do I do when the Lord brings me through something? Rejoice. And the thing that we need to look at is why is it so important to rejoice? Hannah's perspective in the midst of her conflict is designed to bring us hope in the midst of great trial for us. Because everything she is saying is still true while the trial is happening, is it not? It's not just true after trials have passed. Romans 15.4 is also still proof of this in terms of how we look at the Old Testament just so we have the right biblical viewpoint. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So my intention to you, man, is right on the nose. It's to give you hope in the midst of whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever perspective you have, and just to get your heart to align properly, biblically, so that you can rejoice in confidence Biblically, as the Lord determines that to be, Hannah is giving you a window into that. So let's dive in. The faithful believer praises the Lord. In our breakdown of this chapter, just a simplified, or not sorry, excuse me, of this passage that we're going to study this morning, just a simplified, um, what do I want to say? Good Lord, outline. Man, help me. Pray for me, y'all. <laughs> My mind is... Turn in here. Okay, so of Hannah's rejoicing, here are the things that you want to get down for that. And I think we do have a slide for that. Yes. Prayerfully, you guys can see me. Brother Nathan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not made out of glass. 
Um, okay, so Hannah's rejoicing acknowledges the character of God, engages God for battle, trusts in the power of God, and relies on the promises of God. This is why, just a little window into why it's important for you to rejoice. Because you can't fake that. You might be able to lift up words of praise, but rejoice is something deeper. Because there is a knowledge that you just possess. Man, when you rejoice. So now, here it is. Acknowledging the character of God. 1 Samuel uh, 2, 1 says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Okay, if we just focus right there where it says, My heart rejoices. Psalm 16, 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. So you think about the difficulty of her tears, the difficulty of just having to <laughs> just not choke Penny not out comes from a place that I can rest. Why? Because I'm going to submit this to the Lord. He will deal with it. Hannah could rest, leaving her request in the Lord's hand. Christian, can you say the same thing this morning? Do you leave things at his feet or do you leave your hand on them while they're at his feet? So now you got a hand on it. You are so troubled by whatever it is you're dealing with that now you feel like you have to manipulate the situation in order to make it better. That will not work. It will not work. Hannah knew that. She knew that, man, I can't make myself have a child. If the Lord doesn't grant me that, I'm cooked. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped, y'all. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. Hannah trusted the Lord. You have to start asking yourself these hard questions. See, you have gotten very, very comfortable in Judeo-Christian moral American value system is like we know lingo. But God knows our heart. So you got to be honest. Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to hand something down and not pick it up again? God, you got this. And whatever the outcome is, I agree. Mine horn, which is strength. My strength is exalted in the Lord. Hannah's strength is raised up in the Lord. She understood that, that she, her weakness was her greatest strength. She didn't have anything to bring to the table. The odds are stacked against her. So what? It was that her husband, she's the loved one, but she's also barren and having to wrestle with just her own womanhood in that. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. Notice, she's at a point, y'all, she can't help but praise him. This is, this is something you should ask the Lord. Lord, give me something to say. Psalm 51, 15, O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. 
man, are you praying in a way that the Lord must move so that now you will lift up praise? You will praise. You will say, this is what the Lord has done. Is that what your life looks like? Or are you just, you're doing, you're, you got it all figured out. You do good Christian-y things. No, listen, you want the Lord to open your mouth. Because the things that he's doing in your life, you can, only thing you can say is, I don't even know how the Lord is, why the Lord is doing. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. That's how partly whatever praise you give needs to start. I, this doesn't even make any sense. I asked for this. The Lord, I, I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I don't, I don't know what happened. Here I am. I'm giving this opportunity. I'm getting this opportunity. Man, listen, all of these things and this, man, don't miss this. Rejoice in his salvation, in thy salvation. You guys should just do a study on that phrase. It's awesome. I'm going to give you two verses. Okay. Psalm 13, 1 through 5. She desired his mercy. Take note here. It says to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But, <laughs> I love it. All of that, I got to get it out. Sometimes, guys, I have prayed to the Lord in the same way. I got to get it out. I got to get, I'm scared, I'm frustrated, whatever. I just need to say it to be honest with God where my heart position is but I'm talking to him for a reason because I know he's the only one that can do anything about it. You understand? But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Do you need his mercy this morning? Do you trust in his mercy? Or do you think that you have failed him so much that now your mercy has just run out? Do you think that mercy with him can run out? That's not right. <laughs> it's not right. It's not true. These are the little things that your flesh and the enemy will just try to whisper to you. Why? So that you don't get on your knees before the Lord. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. She trusted in his name. In Psalm 20. One through nine says this. I'll read just the first five verses there. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart. Fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Man, does his, what does his name mean to you? Does that bring you the relief that just says, I am a, I'm a child of God? I've put my trust in Jesus Christ. This thing will not destroy me. How can it? He's the keeper. Not the circumstance I'm in. Even when you feel like you're losing, you're winning. 
You won because he won on the cross. Can you trust that this morning? See, verse 2, she goes now. She's telling you her position. Now she gets into, you know, I don't know. I, something, her eyes must have just turned completely white. And she just, boom, just straight truth from heaven is just flying out of her mouth. There is none as holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Hannah knew her desperate position could only be resolved by God himself. So pay attention to see what she concluded in these remaining verses. When you look at this, you got to look at something. There's very interesting information that she is providing for us. So first, none holy as the Lord, Exodus 15, 11. That says, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? None beside him, Isaiah 4, 44, 6, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. Well, I love when the Lord just kind of has to remind you that he's God because we need that. We kind of, you know. Especially in our country where there's just an, an air of people who associate themselves with Christianity by Christianity by because their grandma did or they went to church or whatever. They haven't actually engaged with the Lord themselves. It's just in the air, right? So we have this kind of moral viewpoint. And the Lord is just simply saying, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Man, do you have that assurance this morning? Not your ideas can be your God. Not the wisdom of your dad and your mom and grandma of you guys know I love my people. But listen, if they're not telling me truth from God's word, I can't throw it out. I don't have to obey that. <laughs> you know, like it's I need God's wisdom in my life. There is no other God. It's just him. That's where we're going. No rock like our God. Psalm 71, 3. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I am continually, I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. See, listen, if we pray with this type of certainty, we would see even greater things accomplished for his namesake. This is why it's, it's, it needed to be mentioned, it needs to be studied, it needs to be taught. There is a certainty to Hannah's position that led her to that place. We should not be surprised that the Lord delivered on what it is she asked for. Because this was her position. It's not just because he answered it. She was already there, which is why she went to him in the first place. You see... See, this is the thing that we get to do now in 2023, looking back at this narrative, when we read it and understand it and study it, it can lay the groundwork for how we operate moving forward. It don't matter the current circumstance. This is a position I need to grasp now, right now, because you need it. None holy as the Lord, none beside him, and no rock like him. None. So this is our spot for our first key point. 
Knowing who it is that you are speaking to will always help guide the conversation. When we bend our knee, when we're on that drive in the morning and we're talking to the Lord God of everything, where there is no other God, there's no rock like him, there is none beside him, that's who you're talking to. And you have full access to him because why? Because of Jesus Christ. Full access. See, Hannah knew who God was and cried out to him like a child does to a father. Man, he's not Santa Claus. Stop making lists. And then if he doesn't accomplish this list, now you're disappointed. Are you kidding me? You're talking to the God of everything. Pastor Troy Sogzio would always say in discipleship, as believers, we have an unlimited account we write $5 checks on. And man, I just never forgot that. I was like, you're absolutely correct. And I still do it. I still do it from time to time. You're writing a $5 check. Lord, bail me out of this thing. Get me out of this. Is this the person I'm supposed to date? You know. Oh, my God. <laughs> if we could just have his perspective. God, help us to just think big. Think big. Lord, use me. I'm surrendering myself to you. Use me however you see fit. The Lord will answer that prayer. You better strap in because it's coming quick. He loves that. Try to get him excited. It's like when Solomon asked, hey, for wisdom. You could hear the excitement in the Lord's voice. You didn't ask for something. You asked for that? Oh, I'm going to give it to you. I mean, and smartest man ever, right? Except for how he chews women. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. It's, it's, you know, Solomon, this is a weak spot. Okay. In our next area here, now in terms of rejoicing, we need to understand we have to engage God for our battles. In verse 3, it says, talk no more so exceedingly proud. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Hannah knew God was not standing by watching her be persecuted for his entertainment. Do you feel like that sometimes? Like you're just in a thing, in a tight, and you think that the Lord is just standing by going, yeah, that's uh, terrible, isn't it? Enjoy that. See you later. No, come on. Come on. You may academically say, no, I've never really said that. Well, that, that's fine. Your actions <laughs> have communicated that. We should not be proud or arrogant. Heed this warning, Psalm 94, 4. How long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves? See, Peninnah bragging about her blessing revealed her true character. See, you don't listen now. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful, thou braggart. It's not a good place. For God is a God of knowledge. He weighs our actions, Job 31, 6. Let me be weighed in, every, in, in an even balance that God may know my integrity. Oh, man, integrity. What a, what a difficult world, word in today's world. Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. 
Man, what's your integrity? Listen, I'm, you know, I've already been punched in the face by this, so <laughs> short term, <laughs> you know, but I, yeah, challenging. Isaiah 26, 7, the way of the just is uprightness, thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Pfft. Hannah's response of crying out was absolutely the best thing she could have done. She didn't try to craft some idea, some plan. She didn't make up something like Joseph's brothers did, you know, created a snare for their brother. Nope. Remember the whole thing of how this was unraveling. You know, here it is that they're in the, the temple, right? And it's like, <laughs> her husband's like, man, what are you crying for? <laughs> am, I, am I not good to you? I try to give you all these gifts. and I, Oh, the husband, you know, he just... Not the right words, brother. It's okay. <laughs> we'll give you another chance later. Eli, the priest, is like, you're drunk. You know, it's like all of this misunderstanding around the poor girl is just, my heart's breaking. None of them, not her husband, and in that case, not the priest either, could resolve it. It was just the Lord. Now, later on, what you don't see is the priest or her husband in disagreement with the Lord, but ultimately, there are some difficulties that you have. You just need a beeline to the Lord. Get on his hotline, <laughs> you know. Lord, I need you to help me right now, right now. <laughs> Absolutely, right now. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't even hardly know where I'm at. Just help me get some bearings. He will show up. He will show up. See, listen. Get this down. When we rejoice in the Lord, there is nothing left for me to boast about. When we rejoice in the Lord, there is nothing left for me to boast about. Why? Because I've traded in what I was going to say in terms of my glory for his glory. When we rejoice in the Lord, there is nothing left for me to boast about. If you want to learn to watch what you say better, then let your mouth be filled with praise unto the Lord. Especially if you have a tendency to be a complainer. Prayerfully, what I'm just trying to help you do is have a different perspective shift. It's not about being, you know, like this all the time, everything's roses and apples. We, we get that life will just throw you blows that are surprisingly difficult, you know. You had no idea how challenging that gut punch was going to be. But the thing is, just in terms of sometimes what you do is just quietly say, I don't have to say anything because I'm going to talk to my father, and then I will move after that. Give me a second. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes... Just say, I love our pastors, difficult things. I don't know the details. Sometimes they'll just say, praise the Lord. And I know, okay, well, I need to be praying for, for them, right? I learned that just from being, just talking to them. Hey, how's it going? What's the, you know, and praise the Lord. And it's sober way. You can deliver a lot in that statement. And let people lift you up and watch what happens. God will come to your rescue, I, I promise you. Verse 4, 
The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. Peninnah was formidable as an adversary, but mighty men's bows are broken. See, the thing you have to understand about God's people is we stumble. And the world likes to trip us up with different things. We have maybe some choices that we shouldn't have made, and so now here we are. But I love this. This is just such a, a, a verse of, of great comfort. 2 Corinthians 4, 9 and 10 says that we are persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Listen, when you stumble, when you fall, and you come low, low that it's maybe publicly known how low your low is, it's still okay because you're the Lord's. Amen. You're the Lord's. If the Lord allowed you to be in that spot, it's now a position of glory for him when you come up out of it. But we never want to be there. See, this is why our prayers have those $5 Amounts tied to them because we're afraid of praying the big prayer of Lord, use me. Lord, I need to be disciple. Lord, I need to finish LFBI. Lord, am I the next preacher in faith fellowship or Bible study leader? Those things scare you to death. And so now you have this calculated life. But the Lord weighs your actions. And he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you from Calvary and solidified from his throne? Because without that part of it, if he doesn't get up and sit up and be sitting now, it would be for naught. But it's from his throne and he is alive and he is watching. See, what happens is we stumble, but then check this out, man. God's got us. They are girded with strength. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand, therefore. I, just right there. <laughs> Stand, therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Guys, stand. Now, don't actually stand, but just, you know, <laughs> I know you're ready. I knew Maria's ready. On the ready. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, listen, stand in the situation that you're in. When you when you get when you lay that thing down before the Lord and you say, Lord, I trust you. How however this is going to pan out. This is what I want. I'm, I'm trusting you with that. But I'm in agreement. OK. And you walk away from the Lord's and say, OK, now stand. Go. Go and do and obey. Get to work. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. How? Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, let me finish that statement now. Penny and I was formidable as an adversary, but Hannah, under the protection of the Lord, would still be victorious. She is formidable. There is this nonsense that's taking place in that, in that home. It's difficult. But the Lord still was like, daughter, I got you. 
Verse 5, they that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she hath many children as wax feeble. See, Peninnah trusted in, trusted in her blessings. And Psalms 34, 10 uh, says, be careful. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. I love that, the young lions. In the, in the hood, we call them thundercats. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. The Lord's, man, he... He goes to the hood too. Uh, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Any. See, I, I love when the Lord, you know, those are words like we're not supposed to say never and all, always and all those things, especially with spouses. When you, you never take the trash, you know, it's like, really, never? <laughs> Maybe I didn't this week. <laughs> you know, not that Serena ever says that. She's, she's great. She's gracious. But it happens, right? It happens. But the Lord likes to say very broad statements like this, just so you know, I'm God, and I can say that. I can back it up. So if the Lord says any, <laughs> he meant it. The Lord shall not, or excuse me, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Man, the hungry cease from being hungry. The barren hath born seven. Psalms 1, uh, 113 and 9 says, He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and then look how he flips it, and to be a joyful mother of children. And she could do that in multiple ways, spiritually and physically. And then what does it say? Praise you the Lord. And so, again, Hannah trusted in God. And this, for our next key point, listen, don't miss this. Victory is only certain when God is fighting for you. Victory is only certain when God is fighting for you. Hannah didn't retaliate against Peninnah. She let God take uh, uh, deal with it. Man, you don't, you got to be careful. You know, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And then the same thing, boy, horror films will have you jacked up thinking that you're going to fight the devil. Psh, come on now. <laughs> Don't. You let the Lord take care of all of that. These last two, we'll get these. Trusting in the power of God. Another thing that Hannah has taught us in terms of rejoicing, is trusting in the power of God. And it says here, the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. And so now when we're talking about, I've, I have to read this. <laughs> killeth, bringeth down to the grave. In Revelation 1.18 it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. That's, yeah, period. <laughs> That's end of it. End of discussion. No argument here. Yes, sir. But now, look at how it flips for us. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Man. The Lord's like, I got the keys. And the Lord said, and now you do too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the goodness of the Lord that you serve. 
This is why Hannah can trust in his power. In verse 7, Hannah knew humility would be a better shield than pride. See, Peninnah was using her pride and her blessings as a way to kind of boost herself up, but Hannah knew humility was the answer. I don't have to respond like that. Man, the Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. And in Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, it says, And thou say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. Well, you think about Peninnah. Mm. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is that day. See, man, the thing is, is you got to know where these things are coming from. And this is why we talked about last time of perhaps the things that you ask the Lord for in blessing, give them back to him and then just watch them really grow. We make lists like Santa Claus and we just ask for these little $5 trinkets. You know, it's like the little quarter things. It's on your way out of the store. The important stuff's in the store, but the stuff on your way out is some plastic green and it's at the height of your kids. And so they always want it. Some little ball they're going to lose in two seconds. As soon as they bounce that thing, it'll bounce to the moon and that'll be the last time you've seen it. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do we spend our money on? What are we doing? This is kind of how, man, it's just, this is how we think. And the Lord is the one that has given us the power to get and have anything. And Penny Nye's heart position should have just been one of, let me pray in, 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 uh, with you, right, for this matter, your barrenness. Not hold it over you. Well, she's the adversary, and the adversary, that's how they think. See, don't forget, James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and what will happen? And he shall lift you up. And so, if we go, man, I'm going to skip down to our key point here. And it says, God's power should be the source of our confidence in any situation that we face. God's power should be the source of our confidence in any situation that we face. Hannah knew what God was capable of, so her request was bold. And the last thing, man, as we get on out of here, that relying on the promises of God, one thing for sure, the Lord will keep the feet of his saints. Psalm 94, 18 says, when I said my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. First Peter 1, 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, that verse 10 speaks of our coming Lord. And first, obviously, of David. Ultimately, this is a foretelling of what is yet to come because it says the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And you have a mention there. It's like a double meaning there because you know... We know, just having looked back, 
in terms of lineage, that Jesus Christ is out of that Davidic, you know, lineage, right? But still, yet, David's not here. Saul's not here. The moniker is not even in place. What king are we talking about? Okay, we're about to set this up. And so there's kind of an interesting thing there. God had no idea, excuse me, Hannah had no idea what God had planned for her, but she wanted whatever he wanted her to have. Hannah had no idea what God had planned for her, but she wanted whatever he wanted her to have. And so the last key point is this. Fearlessness is achievable when we believe that God is for us. Do you have that this morning? Are you truly fearless? Do you think about all the things that you have to deal with and, and concern and all you do is worry and toil, which is why maybe you didn't get any rest last night when you should have. You got an hour extra. But it's because you've forgotten that God's for you. Hannah knew God was for her. And so listen, a simple takeaway, just a simple takeaway is this. Conflict is for a time, but it will come to an end. And when it does, rejoice. Now, I'm going to just leave these last things of what we learned. You know there are points, and it's still from this before. But, man, I love you. I pray that this minister to you this morning. Change your perspective. Trust in the Lord. Lay it at his feet. Don't pick it up. And then stand in the power that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you so much for today and just for the, the power and, and truth of your word. Father, I do pray that, um, Lord, we would be an encouraged people and that you would use us mightily to uh, further your kingdom. Lord, give us fruit. Give us opportunity. Lord, uh, give us something to open our mouths about in praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.